0: Listen, we're talking Jurassic World Dominion is the upcoming film. It's Mark Radlisch, This is like, hey, you want to do a Jurassic Park book for me? I'm like, sure, man. Let me know. Ronnie Adams is here. He, By the way, Ronnie Adams is back. To the Hi. First, <laughs> source Material Comics podcast. Yeah, we're, we're here to talk about Jurassic Park. This is Jurassic Park, the devils in the desert. And now sure Ronnie is you're a good trooper man you 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 <laughs> you came through I said hey I need would you like to talk about this with me you're like sure and I don't think you had any idea what you was getting into nope no clue but I didn't either considering this is an idw book right let me double check yeah, that picture yeah idw book so you, these guys idw is known for having licenses and doing uh, you know whatever they can with those licenses but the other thing that I didn't notice uh, or didn't realize is that this is a book by John Byrne. Oh, sure is of X Men fame. It's interesting they got him to do this. Listen,
1: you got you get into issue three, and it's definitely John Byrne.
0: So here's what we're gonna do. Uh, you know, I'm not gonna keep you here all night talking uh, about uh, this this book, but I, I I'm gonna try and go through quickly. We'll, we'll we'll do each issue. I got a synopsis here, and it, it, you know, it's not like we have to spend an hour on everything, all right? A rocket right through this, but uh but let me go ahead. I'll break down the creative team here. Like I said, story and art by John Byrne, colors by Rhonda Pat- Pattison, and lettered by Sean Lee. Jurassic Park: The Devils in the Desert drops in two thousand in the, I think it's uh January of two thousand eleven. I believe is what they had listed there. Two thousand eleven is Jurassic Park. Like is that property? There's nothing going on in regards to. Like, that's
1: my knowledge. No
0: movies, uh, as far as I know, no, Jurassic Pratt, Park
1: Pratt didn't start doing it until later,
0: right? Um, uh, looks I, like Jur- Jurassic World drops in 2015, yeah. So, I mean, before we get into this, uh, w- let's just talk like real quick, yeah. Jurassic Park releases June 11th, 1993. Sir, were you w- did you catch this in the theaters?
1: Oh, absolutely. This is one of those things that, uh, let's see, I was you know, I wasn't that young, it was uh... you probably
0: 15. Yeah, 14, ish. 15 years old, yeah, somewhere yeah. through there. Right. Um, don't give away my age. I mean, sixteen uh. or seventeen, <laughs> or maybe even twenty. Oh Lord, no,
1: God. <laughs> um. No. Nah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, definitely caught this in the theater. Just because one, because of the the special effects looked amazing. Yeah, dude. And and they were even for back. You know, like they it wasn't. Oh, it looks good for back then. No, it looks good for now too. Right. I mean, you know, still it looks good. Yeah, absolutely, man. You know, every, every little boy, you know, loves dinosaurs, you know, when they're, you know, young. So, or every kid, maybe, but uh, you don't want to. Yeah. Just just the boys. Why why, why, why little girls, you know, (laughs) shut up. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're boys. We speak for the boys. You know, I loved dinosaurs when I was a kid. Now, you know, seeing that T-Rex for the first time was amazing what lives on let's see 94 you said
0: 93 93 that was 93 yep
1: 93 so that makes it how old 93 Uh, uh, 20 it'll be 30 next year right so 30 years later that score still breathtaking oh yeah it's good and so yeah man um i was i was all about the the jurassic park
0: Yeah, this was a a theater experience where I I really didn't go to the theaters alone very often. And I think in 93, in 93, I'm old enough to where I'm, you know, I'm I'm old enough to where I can go to the theater by myself. No problem. I'm not driving, but I I can go there myself. And I did. I went and watched. I went and watched Jurassic Park by myself. And I was amazed. I mean, I couldn't believe what I was seeing after that. There are two very Uh, let's just say well-played scenes that when I was, I loved home theater systems. I loved hooking things up and listening to things through, you know, trying to get a home theater experience in my own house. So I bought like the high def VCR and friends would come over. I'd be like, okay, you guys want to hear this? Okay. I've got, I got a subwoofer. Check this out. Here we go. There's two things I would play the intro to Terminator 2 That's one of them. Yes. With the bones crunching. And, like, I mean, if you have that on surround sound, it sounds just amazing. And then the other one was the scene of the Tyrannosaurus breaking through and attacking one of the Jeeps with the kids in it. When the, when the Tyrannosaurus Rex from Jurassic Park uh, uh, starts to escape. Those two scenes were well played in my bedroom there when I was the, in my mid-teens there. So yeah, yeah, Dra- Lost World Jurassic Park drops 1997. And I think at that point I'm going to college, getting ready to start my second year, I think, or maybe we're ending the, my first year. But either way, I can remember watching that one in theaters as well. And then Jurassic Park 3, I went and saw with my wife, uh, which as as in like we were married at that time and wow, I, re- I was working at the mall and watched uh, Jurassic Park 3. So now as we get into the Jurassic World trilogy, I, I mean, I'm not like anti-Jurassic World, but I okay. enjoyed the first one a little bit. How about you?
1: I, I liked them. I thought they were great, uh, a great follow-up to the Park series. Um, I, I, I mean, I wasn't expecting like you know, them to stick right with it or anything, but they, they pretty much did. So I enjoyed it. Okay. Uh, I, I'm a Chris, I'm a Chris Pratt fan anyway. I think he, he does a great job with most of everything he does. So I was, I was pretty excited to see him in that role. And then the one that got me though, the one that makes me excited though, is this new one because they're bringing back the original cast.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So
1: I was like, Oh, this is so cool. And they don't look, I mean, they look good for their, you know, for, you know, I don't even want to say their age, but I don't know how old they are. But they look good, you know. I'm like, feels like not that much time has passed, right. but it's been 30 years, you know, since
0: okay. since the first one. I remember playing the Jurassic Park game. Um,
1: yes, oh, I remember least... the arcade game.
0: Yes, well, well, you're sitting in the uh, jeep and you're shooting. By, yeah, is it the on rail shooter? Yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. Okay, well, let's get into the devils in the desert. Let's do it. Let's do it. January of 2011 to April 2011. Already broke down the creative team, but again, John freaking Byrne is writing this thing, okay? Well, actually, let me do let me do just a real quick cast setting breakdown. I don't know if you saw this anywhere. I was kind of keeping my eye open trying to figure out if they were in a specifically named city, but really the only thing I got was like, it's somewhere in the desert. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 yeah. maybe Nevada close enough to where there's definitely like one of the sheriff's deputies is a native american Yeah, you know I, I i don't think they mention what city they're in we'll just they're out in the desert there's some ranches around and that's your setting for now so yeah our cast we got sheriff will tobias uh who you know he's good sheriff as far as i uh, as far as you can tell you you kind of get dropped in here uh, right with Sheriff Tobias. And as uh, Tyler Franklin, the son of Eddie and Sarah, he comes running in there at the beginning to get the sheriff's attention because there are some cattle mutilations and he's worried about his dad. already mentioned the uh, deputy Daniel Jackson. He's going to be showing up here in the first issue. He's obviously the deputy who helps out Sheriff Tobias uh, as best as he can. Cattle
1: mutilation. Isn't that a band that one of those bands that Mark makes up?
0: (laughs) cattle mutilate cattle uh, cattle decapitation something like that i don't know like probably yeah. Probably right. All right. So our first issue, like I said, Tyler comes busted in. And he's like, hey, sheriff, I need some help. There's been a bunch of cattle mutilations, and we, we've got to get back to my dad. My dad sent me in here. The sheriff's like, okay, yeah, let's get back to the Franklin Ranch see what we can find out. So they arrive at the scene, and it's like a complete bloodbath. I mean, it's bad. It's really bad. Yeah, it's um,
1: gross, actually.
0: The field is just covered in red, uh, some bones there, and there's not much anything left until Tyler finds his dad's horse. Well, half the horse can't find it, but can't find his dad. Uh, So unable to find Eddie, uh, Tyler's dad, Will gets Tyler back to his house. And then he and Daniel, Sheriff uh, Jackson, or excuse me, Deputy Jackson, head back out to the field and find some large tracks and aim to take plaster casts for further investigation to determine what caused this. So, you know, right now I'm kind of like, what what's this outside Jurassic Park universe like? We don't get a whole lot of that in at least the films that I've seen, but. This is definitely a world that's potentially affected by dinosaurs. We don't know for sure. So the next day, they find Eddie's body across the state line, making this case now federal, bringing in some FBI FBI agents, Kowalski and Harding, for some help. Now, Tobias receives another call that more ranchers are turning up dead. And as Kowalski takes a helicopter into the sky for a better vantage point, Tobias and Harding try to follow on the ground in their vehicle. Now they lose sight of the helicopter, and then they are horrified to hear these screams come over the radio. And then they see the cat—the helicopters crashed after they go to while well, they go find the crash site. Somebody has, oh man, I can't remember what they said. They like somebody's drugged themselves over to the river, which this never comes up again. The way I took it was that somebody either drugged themselves over to the river and dived dived into the river, and whatever it was is gone, long gone now. I just remember them saying yeah. that before they can investigate any of that. They're met by Dr. Jorge Ramirez and his daughter, Monica, who informed the pair that their plaster cast uh, that they had taken earlier has led them to believe they are looking for an animal that has been extinct for 65 million years. So they, took, they, they obviously took this plaster cast, sent it out there to anybody who would uh, return their phone call saying, hey, we know what in the world this is. Well, here is Jorge and Monica who say, yeah, uh, this thing that you're trying to find, is it's been dead for a while. And then in a small epilogue, a set of four hikers stumble upon what they think might be a hidden condor nest only to find a trio of hungry. Let me just tell you this much. I'm not very good on pronouncing just about anything. Okay. (laughs) All right. 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 (laughs) I've, I've made plenty of plenty of claims (laughs) that I am from Appalachia Uh... and I, I, you know, I, I have the problem sometimes not pronouncing things correctly. well, for the longest time, I'm reading this book and I'm saying pterodons, 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 pterodons. Yeah. That is not correct. It is pteranodons. There's an there's a N-O in there. I was completely missing. But anyway, they come across this trio of hungry pteranodons. They look like, well, they look like pterodactyls. So that's what I'm used to seeing. And as a matter of fact, one person says that. this is. So we're at the end of issue one. And we get this small epilogue. I want to point this out. These hikers come upon this, and you know they're like amazed. And one person goes, "Oh my gosh, pterodactyls!" And like mm-hmm. they're getting ready to be eaten. And one guy decides to speak up. He's like, "Oh, uh, pterodactyl." It's, it's, it's,
1: it's right. <laughs> Shut up. Right. It's I'm
0: right glad I the other shot. guy's like, "Run!" It doesn't matter what they're called. Get out of what here. they're
1: called? Just shoot them in the face.
0: <laughs> right. So I mean, when I say pterodactyls. Uh, pteranodons, whatever you want to call these things for sure. I mean, do your best, Ronnie. If you could kind of describe what these things look like,
1: uh, big leather birds <laughs> that's perfect. Okay, a pterodactyl, I guess, uh, do pterodactyls actually exist anymore? Uh, I mean, you know what I mean. And and brontosaurus isn't a brontosaurus anymore, it was something else.
0: Yeah, right. They named
1: it something else.
0: That's so right. You
1: got to go through that bullcrap. So, I don't know if, if pterodactyls look like this or not. But they've got legs and arms, and the wing the wings stretch from their hips up to the tips of their arms, which are very elongated. Their head is elongated, and they're just a big, leather, ugly bird. I mean, I just remember them even being pterodactyls in uh, Jurassic Park.
0: They do this little side story that kind of lasts doesn't say a side story. My goodness, it's probably like maybe if you took all panels, you could put them together, and they would be like five or six of these panels. Yeah. But they do this thing where. Uh, we get like a kind of a, a back history of Sheriff Tobias and Tyler's mom, Sarah. Like we in the first issue, we kind of learned that there's definitely they definitely had a little bit of history in the past. I, I won't spoil it because maybe we'll talk a little bit more about it. But just be aware that, I mean, we get all this action, all these all these dinosaurs with dinosaur chasing, whatever. We got bloodbaths, all this stuff. But they got to make sure to get that little bit of personal note in there with uh, with Sheriff Will Tobias. Oh, and yeah. He had a history with Sarah for a little yeah. bit. But yeah, I mean that's the end of the first issue. There really isn't a whole lot. We got we got a bloodbath that uh, we got we got a bunch of cattles that a cattle got that got killed. Uh, the field the field was just red with blood. Um, we find out we're pretty sure that Tyler's dad's dead, and uh, then. You know, they we finally see what who the culprits are. We see that they're t- the pteranodons. I got a heavy, heavy Tremors vibe from this when I first started. Oh yes, I wanted to say that as I was reading this. Very much, very much yeah. got the Tremors vibe, dude.
1: Yeah, it was one of those things where I was like, they're they're borrowing heavily from Tremors on this, which you know I, I get. It's just something you should borrow from because it's
0: amazing. Yeah, um, I'm right there with you, dude. You definitely have yeah. this. It's out in the desert. You know, it's kind of they even like Paul. Put it,
1: something, eating, something eating the livestock. Well, we you don't know <laughs> what's the. You know, we got to figure out what that is.
0: And he was he was talking about Tyler's dad. Tyler's dad or Tyler was talking about his dad. Like, just recently got a microwave oven. <laughs>
1: right. What <the> and,
0: crap. <laughs> he doesn't have a cell phone, so I was like, well, that yeah, you're gonna kind of need that stuff.
1: I watched The Ranch, and on that. That show, like, uh uh, 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 Sam Elliott didn't trust anybody or anything. Or, you know, he's like one of those grumpy old cowboys. Even he had a microwave, yeah. you know? <laughs>
0: right. Right. But yeah, I agree with you. There's definitely a Tremors vibe. And I think, I mean, a lot of it probably just comes from the fact that, you know, they're, they're out there in the desert. They're trying to find this unknown thing. And all these yeah. people are turning up dead. That's Tremors all the way, dude. Tremors all the way. Absolutely. Um, all right. Well, let's, uh, anything else there before I get into the second issue?
1: No. I mean, that, I mean, it was pretty, pretty fortright, pretty okay. I, I see where they're going with this. Let's see what's what happens in uh, in the second issue.
0: All right. Here we go. Barreling down the road, a trucker nearly misses one of those hikers that we saw at the end of the last issue, who turns out to be in really bad shape. Uh, so he gets her to a hospital. Meanwhile, Sarah finds out that Tyler. Oh boy, this felt really cliche for some reason. Tyler leaves her a note. And says, I'm going off to find my dad. He runs off. Sheriff Tobias and Agent Harding, which was one of the FBI agents there uh, that uh, showed up to help out uh, with the investigation. Sheriff Tobias and Agent Harding find out from the Ramirez's that they are dealing with the Pteranodon. Pteranodons. (laughs) Pteranodons. (laughs) Pteranodons. Pteranodons. (laughs) Pteranodons. (laughs) thank <laughs>
1: goodness gracious
0: when tobias is trying to figure out how in the world they're dealing with pteranodons monica reminds him of the events in jurassic park 2 so this was where the t-rex t- got shipped into san diego and went got you know yeah. ran roughshod so she was like yeah you know hey we got you remember the t-rex in san diego and he's like oh yeah that's right and she also says there these creatures may have flown from the island so the sh- Just then, the sheriff gets a frantic call about Tyler going off to look for his dad, and he goes into town to talk to Sarah, while uh, Agent Harding takes Deputy Jackson, Jorge, and Monica to look for the dinosaurs. We switch over to Tyler, who's found another horse, and he takes it out, to where he last saw his dad, but he's soon terrified and running for safety as the Terranodons show up and start trying to attack him. Luckily, he's able to get away, falls into a small gap, and I think he twists his ankle, may have hit his head, yeah. uh, but he's he's kind of out of the way now. They They can't get to him easily, at least. When Harding heads into the higher elevations, he gets a call about the woman the trucker found. So he's, you know, he's in the know now about, like, okay, yeah, the hikers, uh, these hikers were injured. And then they see some buzzards that they believe might be a good spot to check for one of the, uh, check for the Pteranodons. So Harding, Tobias, and Monica... At this point, I, they they've they all ran back into each other. Anyway, those three get together. They head into the, head into the highlands uh, to where these buzzards are flying around. Monica lets the pair in on the fact that engine engine. Now this is I N G E N. This is the company that was responsible for the genetic modifications and potential. Uh, you know, creation of the dinosaurs uh for, for Jurassic Park. She lets them in that uh, engine's genetic modifications have given the Pteranodon's teeth, and that could affect their hunting patterns. Arriving, they find a Pteranodon interested in the spot that Tyler has fallen. So, you know, he's like trying to, he's still trying to, you know, figure out a way to get to Tyler. And they... Um, They start unloading on it. They start shooting their guns and they shoot their way to Tyler. Monica is able to get in and rescue Tyler. But Agent Harding gets bitten by one of the pteranodons that he shot. And so he promptly takes his shotgun and shoots it clean in the head, killing it.
1: That was an execution on a Tyrannodon.
0: <laughs> yes, it was. Um, Monica realizes that with it be- with it being wounded, it made a specific attempt to try and come back and kill Harding and not run. So he she was like immediately like, okay, this is kind of odd. You, you shoot this thing, it should be off and running, trying to get away. But this thing came back for some reason and was trying to still. Uh, wound them, kill them, keep them away from something. She climbs the ledge, and there she sees a nest with hatched eggs. Dun dun dun. Yeah. We end issue two. There are potential babies that have been already hatched. What in the world is going on? So, okay. So my takeaway from issue two. Let's see. We're we're obviously escalating things. We already know that the dinosaurs are out there. Our characters are now aware that the dinosaurs are out there, uh, and of course, Tyler is putting himself in danger like this idiot kid that he is. <laughs> he goes out, you know, he's... And, and of course, it just gives everybody a reason to go and try and find this kid. Yeah, we finally get our main characters running into the dinosaurs and we get our first confrontation where... Yeah, and not everybody escapes unscathed because Harding gets bit in the leg. Tyler, I mean, he twists his ankle, but everybody's kind of feeling the effects of what these things are doing. That... Is kind of really all uh, that we're just furthering the plot as we go in here with issue two. And of course we get the big reveal at the end where the, there's extra eggs uh, or there's these eggs that have hatched. So there's definitely a possibility that there are more of these things out there. And of course, if they're going to continue to continue to lay eggs, we're going to have a bigger problem on our hands. That's issue two. What do you think, man?
1: Uh, Yeah, it was, I mean, it was good. It was, you know, does it make sense when I say the plot progresses progresses as it should?
0: Yeah. Well, dude, this is very this is cookie, a cookie cutter. Cutter. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I mean, how else are you going to say it? I mean, I get the action. There's definitely some action here. Yeah. But everything to this point, in issue two. I'm like, okay, I kind of expect this. Yeah. Like, I've watched Jurassic Park one, two, and three. Right. Okay. I know what I'm getting with this. Where, oh my goodness, now they're on land. Well, you know, uh, there's going to be, we're going to even up the threat a little bit more. There may be more of these things. Oh well, no! Is, right, yeah, get the Jurassic Park cookie cookie cutters out. We're going to do that Oh, we got to get that one too. So, I mean, the only real big difference here is the fact that we're dealing with the dinosaurs that can fly. that's That was one of the yeah, biggest, that's pretty,
1: like... that's pretty weird. Yeah. Right.
0: You don't have the signature velociraptor running around tearing stuff up. Uh, You got stuff that's an aerial threat that can pick you up and take you somewhere, and it's going to be tough for them to, you know, possibly battle that. But the other thing is, the other big thing is is that, hey, this is happening in the United States. You know, this is.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: This is the other, you know, we're not and we're not on an isolated island. This is happening somewhere close. That, but it, you know, you got a lot of desert out there. But that's really about it. The only, those are the only two things that are kind of outliers. The rest of this is like Jurassic Park one, two, and three. Isn't there a kid always in danger? Oh, uh, Yeah. I mean, uh, so, <laughs> I mean, we got another one of that. That's that's one of the cookie cutters. Yeah, that's happening. I mean, okay, yeah, tell me, think, do me a think favor. Two and three, but well, I, I know that in three. They, and in 3 um Taylor, Taylor Leone and uh William h Macy is are, they're trying to get Alan Grant to go back to the islands because her son is on the island with yeah, pe- yeah. with with uh, her husband at that point point. and then Jurassic Park 2 is oh my goodness um Goldblum and his daughters yeah. like she's like a gymnast or something like she I remember there's a big scene where she's like flipping it around and the dra- velociraptors are trying to get her and so And, of course, Jurassic Park 1, it's got the two kids, the grandkids that show up for the ride. And, you know, Tyrannosaurus Rex is trying to eat him. So, yeah, there's always a kid that's in danger, at least in the first three. So that's one cookie cutter. So the other cookie cutter would be Dinosaur. The other, we got to have a hunter or a tracker of some sort or this, that, and the other. We get some of those here in a few. But very cookie cutter. I mean, I don't know how much more I could say to support that. So I agree 100%. Anything else before we get into issue three? No. Nope. Let's do her. All right. So we start out uh, in Engine, the Engine Corporation, where a colleague of the Ramirez's reports that they that the Ramirez's most likely left quickly on the trail of some pteranodons and the. <laughs> Company feels that, well, maybe this is probably worth an investigation. Uh, Now, back at the hospital, Agent Harding is healing his leg while Monica and Sheriff Tobias head to the police department to meet engine representatives, Mr. Cobb and Dr. Canada, who try to spin the pteranodons as mutations due to nuclear tests in the 50s. That's it. Godzilla. (laughs) <laughs> it's a kaiju reference. Yes. <laughs> but when the sheriff takes them to where a few of the dead pteranodons are, Dr. Canada confirms they are indeed the dinosaurs. And they're, uh, he also gets a good look at the eggs. Uh, and he says he believes there's about six of them that have hatched. And they're about five months old. So they've been around for a little bit. Now, when Deputy Jackson Jackson Jackson. Sorry, Miss Jackson. Deputy <laughs> Jackson <laughs> says they've spotted uh, some more hovering over a spot. Dr. Cobb gets the team. Some advanced engine all-terrain vehicles. This is another cookie cutter thing um, with net guns attached because they always had like these crazy. Well, I shouldn't say that because I don't think that I don't know if that happened to okay. two or three.
1: It didn't, but the toy
0: line did. Okay. Yeah. All right. Gotcha. That's right. So these all-terrain vehicles with net guns attached and uh, even these one-man gyrocopters to hunt with, when they are able to find and attack the flying pteranodons, another team of hunters shows up, tipped off by the same man the engine spoke with at the beginning of this issue. So it was funny because this one guy's like, hey, you want me to stay quiet about this? You know, but just be aware the Ramirez is left and they're off after some Toronto dons. Now, if you want me to be quiet, I'll, uh, I, all you got to do is drop some money my way. And they're like, how about we don't sue you to, into oblivion? He's like, okay. Then he goes out, grabs a payphone, and he calls his buddies and he's like, Hey, remember that money I owe you? So he called these hunters and I'm, I'm assuming he's like, well, Hey, you know, you can go ch- check out. You want to get some dinosaurs or something like that. So anyway, these, uh, these hunters show up and, and there's always some kind of human element, where, you know, human greed gets the better of somebody in this uh, oh, absolutely. In this story. This other set of hunters show up. You got engine people who are upset at the hunters. The hunters are like, hey, back off. We're, this is free land. We're taking, we're taking t- the pteranodons, These are ours. And finally, I mean, there's one guy gets his head bit off. Well, I shouldn't say that because the one guy was like, well, it didn't come all the way off, but it's you off. Know, <laughs> but it, w- it, w- it was firmly secured in its mouth. That <laughs> was not good. And then one guy actually survives the attack. Like he gets his head bit and then he's yeah. like up. And he's like, he's like, Hammy, my gun, but he's bleeding all over the place, which is funny. <laughs> right. There's deadly interaction between all parties involved, Tyranodon's engine, and the hunters. Finally, Sheriff Jackson file uh he puts a stop Ooh. to it. Ooh. He... he Gathering up the dead Pteranodons, Mr. Cobb and Engine say their work is done and leave. However, Monica believes more of these beasts to be out there. Not knowing where to start, Monica offers to pilot her father's plane to sh- for Sheriff Tobias to try and make sure the dinosaurs are dead. Okay, so that is kind of where we end issue three. You know, we have Engine finally getting involved. They show up. They're trying to be trying to play it off like they're not liable because, you know, if, if any, if engine's afraid of anything, it's not dinosaurs, it's lawsuits. So, it's you true. know,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Well, you put it like that. Yeah. They
0: absolutely. don't want to be, you know, they do not want the bad publicity and potential liability. Uh, But, you know, they show up, they kind of help them out. And then they're like, Oh, we're done here. We, you know, everything that we've, We've I can't remember what she, what they said, but I mean, Monica's like, what are you talking about? You can't leave. There's more out there. And they're like, no, we we did everything we could. I kind of threw me for a loop. And then, we, like I said, we had the hunters that show up to kind of throw a wrench into things. But that ends up getting uh, stifled. Uh, and then at the end of all of this, you know, Monica's like, OK, well, I've got to take matters into my own hands. And Sheriff Tobias is right there with her with like, OK, well, you know, I'll help you out. The only other thing that I would mention, I, I specifically wrote this down. Uh, we we'll get some really interesting information. And again, as to why this was in there, I don't know, other than so we could f- get some history behind these characters. But we learn that Tyler is secretly the sheriff's son. Tyler has oh, no yeah, idea yeah. about it. And the sheriff, according to the secretary, which is secretary, oh my goodness, she must know everything. But <laughs> the secretary finds Sarah and is like, hey, you know, I just want you to know, I know that he's uh, Tyler is uh, Sheriff Tobias' son, and he's been, I don't care how he tries to hide it, but you know better and then she like lays it out there for her. like well you know it's like she's like you guys were together and then you get with uh Eddie and then supposedly Tyler's born premature I know better than that And I'm like geez lady <laughs> yeah I was like oh. tore <laughs> up on that one I mean it mean, was like
1: there was no mercy whatsoever
0: I don't understand why she did it either like I understand that number Google one
1: just said hey
0: listen horror
1: um <laughs> I know your are gang
0: all right i didn't understand it because i mean look i understand i'm supposed to feel something for tyler okay he's the kid in danger whatsoever this whole backstory between will and sarah i I mean other than just being like okay well yeah there was a relationship there now all of a sudden tyler is like his son and he has does he have any idea about it who knows i don't know but regardless how is this, I mean, why, why is this important to the story? The only thing I can say to justify it is that so we can possibly feel something for Will. Will Tobias. Right. So that's the only thing I can say. But I, either way, I step back here. Anything you got to say about issue three?
1: No, other than that, you know, or not only, but other than her just going to town on on, yeah, <laughs> on Sarah. That right. was, that was that was not, as we call, as we say, cookie cutter. No. That was a little bit, it was a little bit harsh, but, um, probably not misled. Right. And I mean it's a good issue. Like there there are points there are there have been books that we have read in the past where I'm absolutely done by now. Right. I, I, I'm not in that state when I read this.
0: We're obviously ramping things up. So by this point in 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 my reading at the end of issue 3, as far as predictability goes, I'm going to say that it's probably uh 80% to 90% uh I could predict what's going to happen in this book. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's what I that's that's the way I'm feeling into issue going into issue, at the end of issue three. Now, issue four is not what I thought it was going to be. And I'll explain to that, explain that as we get into it. But anything else on issue three before we get into that? Oh, I'm good. All right. Here we go. So issue four, oh, man. All right. So <laughs> heading to the skies, Monica and Will are able to find three flying pteranodons. They get in the plane and we just pick up with them in the plane. Sheriff Will's his plan, he kicks open the door of the plane has his gun in his hand and he's shooting these things, trying to shoot them out of the sky. Now they're coming into a residential area. Like there are houses and stuff as they're flying below them. So he takes aim and he's able to hit two of them. Like they're trying to figure out where the third one's at. The third one shows up like right in front of the plane. It gets hit and caught in the propeller.
1: I may or may not have laughed really hard at that.
0: <laughs> uh, causes the plane to crash land in a zoo. Now things are starting to get off the rails just a little bit here. They're okay. We had cookie oh, cutters before.
1: This is where it went off the rails. <laughs> this okay. is where
0: things are like okay. So they crash land in a zoo, and then Will, I mean they're both okay. Everybody's okay. Will Will turn it's a so- I guess it's a soft crash landing, but either way, they're in the middle of a zoo. Will turns around, he has his gun, and he sees another that uh, like another Pteranodon coming at him, and he squeezes the trigger. And nothing happens. He's out of bullets, and it attacks him. Now horrified, Monica runs, and the pteranodon gives chase. And she she specifically says it's not feeding. And then she mm-hmm. takes off running. It goes after her leg, and she's able to get away, uh, looking for a way to escape. Now, you ready for the? This is where okay, we're off the rails a little bit. This is where we completely like just fall off the tracks because this <laughs> gets insane. Okay, she jumps into a. <coughs> bear pit, a polar bear pit. Yes. And the Pteranodon follows. Now, she well, is... Do. Yeah. She is either, I mean, under pressure, she's coming up with some of the greatest escape attempt I've ever seen because an angry bear then comes charging at her. The Pteranodon is on the other side of her. She ducks, and these two collide, and we have a Pteranodon polar bear fight in issue four. I yeah, mean... That-
1: if you what? ask me, that's my favorite part. <laughs> There's
0: no doubt about it, dude. I'm like, this is like, okay. I, everything else was like, okay. I saw this coming. I saw this coming. Yeah. I did not see this.
1: Oh, I, I know. I was like, oh, okay. Little kid inside me going, okay, yeah, let's do this.
0: <laughs> Tyrannodon versus polar bear. Uh, so anyway, they're uh, going at each other. This is like some real, I, I I enjoyed these horror elements of this book where Oh yeah. they end up, Like, they're fighting and fighting, and and then they roll into, like, the water... Inside the the polar bear pit, all of a sudden, like nothing but just blood starts filling up, and she's like, "Oh, but which one was it that died? You know, which whose blood is it?" And then all of a sudden, the ter- pteranodon's mouth comes up out of there, and you're like, "Oh no!" And then, of course, it's the the bear's got its teeth in its throat, and it's <laughs> killed It's killed the pteranodon. So my,
1: when she says which one is it, at which point, like, if I'm there and I'm listening to her, and I'm like. I, what, I,
0: what would I say at that point? I don't care. Let's run. run. Get out of there, lady. What, are you, what are you doing? What are you doing? Or I what would you just
1: want- already be gone.
0: Right, dude. Yeah, there's no way. Like,
1: Which one is it? Turn around. It's just like a Ronnie-shaped cloud of dust. You know? <laughs> Yeah, I'm done. Uh... Like you, you not just see the bear and the Pteranodon the Don, Don
0: fight. <laughs> <laughs> Da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. So anyway, so she she's obviously got time to escape. She's able to get out of the polar bear pit. So she immediately goes over to check on Will. And this one kind of took me by surprise because I think it was smart. They set you up for this, but she runs over to Will. Will's dead. She finds this lifeless body and she breaks down crying. I was not, I was expecting Will to be fine. Like, you know, John Byrne did something good here where he was like, he was like, I'm going to set it up so that they see that the Pteranodon bit this one guy and he survived. And we're going to expect the same thing for our hero, but that's not what happens. Our hero gets bit and he's dead. He is, he is dead. And you don't know that at first because when, when he gets bit and she immediately says, Oh, It's not feeding. You're like, oh, okay. Well, obviously, this guy's going to be okay. That's not the case. He died. So later, after Will's funeral, Harding asks her why she hasn't said much. Like, she just (laughs) wasn't in the middle of a polar bear pteranodon fight or, you know, (laughs) the fact that she watched a man get his head bit off. But anyway, Harding says, well, you know, you haven't been talking so much. What's what's going on? And she replies that she is worried about what the winds will bring them next year. So... Obviously, still concerned. Like, if these if these pteranodons can make it there by using the winds coming from the Isle over to the United States, then we could have some problems. But uh, there you go, man. Issue four. We've got we've got this thing in the books. It is Jurassic Park: Devils in the Desert.
1: You know, okay. As far as the book goes, it's not bad. I mean, it is fun. I mean, it. You know, I read it till the end. Let's put that. There's been things that I've like. I've had to make myself read. Sure. For for the show. And I was just like, ugh. uh, This is what I read. I mean, like, did I pay attention a lot?
0: Maybe not. (laughs) Yeah,
1: but that's neither here nor there.
0: It doesn't mean anything. That's what that's what makes it hard. It's like, okay, well, this doesn't really have a whole a whole lot. Am I
1: on the line here?
0: Right. Am Uh, I that invested? Yeah. Am I that invested in the Jurassic Park universe? You know what you're getting here. You're just getting a side story that won't impact the the cinematic universe in any way. We're just getting a side story. And the only thing that they can do is just, you know, try to tell uh, as best the story as they can.
1: And also, as far as being part of the universe, you want to say, Mm -hmm. it just doesn't fit for me.
0: Okay. Do you what now? Can you kind of throw out some elements as to why? Like, is it because it's taking place in the United States, or what's going on?
1: No, it's the cars with the
0: net guns. Cars with net, and the and
1: the and and the, the the X Men type aircraft that are flying around with like sonic guns and stuff on them. <laughs> where, 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 why where did that come from
0: all right that's
1: not jurassic park go away all right. Nobody likes you
0: it's weird um, it, it's definitely weird but you mentioned the toy line like maybe that was somewhat inspired
1: absolutely okay I mean, yeah, they're selling toys and comic books at this point
0: right. they're not
1: they're not you know they're not doing a whole lot other than that it is what it is it just didn't like it's not it's not Jurassic Park.
0: Today. You're not you're not grabbing this for. it. You're not going to the back issue bins and looking for oh, Jurassic heck Park. No, yeah. Devils in the Desert one through 4 or telling I your just, I imagine
1: myself kicking the door open in my local <laughs> comic book store, going, "I have to find this. Where is
0: <laughs> it? I mean, God. I know you said that it felt like John Byrne and, and all uh, at one point in issue three, but I mean, uh, I. I I wish I could say I'm familiar enough with his work to be like, oh, well, that's yeah. that's like classic John Byrne. I don't know well, well
1: I mean, it's enough. Not, it's not cause classic John Byrne, but you could tell where he, he wrote for a bigger book, right? Yeah. And that comes right. into play because of the cars with the net guns and all that. There, you know, maybe at this point, maybe the government did have a special like special team to, to rid the rid us of the dinosaurs or whatever. I don't think so.
0: I mean, that was Engine that brought that. That's the thing. Yeah, it's like, true. I mean, it was engine that brought those. I don't think it was the. Let me just double check that. Not the government, but you
1: know what I mean. You know,
0: I got you. But here's the thing: you're making a point with that because you would think that the federal government would have a team specifically made to address the dinosaur threat. If we've got dinosaurs running around in San Diego, we better have like the dinosaur reserves or something.
1: If I'm president and a freaking T-Rex comes out of nowhere in the middle, of the- I'm yes. Right. There are things that are going to be put in place that are going to to hurt it. Um, right. It, I don't. I don't know. Like I said, it just didn't fit for me.
0: Okay. Well, I mean that's fair. I understand. For me, it was a quick read. You you get a little bit. It's oh yeah. Not- it's not overladen with text, but, but there are some fun spots where specifically I think there might have been one or two pages that was just Polar Bear versus Pteranodon, which was perfect. I mean, that's the next that is the next sci fi animal. Flip. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> oh, man. There is a lot of cookie cutter stuff from what the other Jurassic Parks bring.
1: I am i can't look it up because I had to um, find this comic book by other means. Oh, sure. Uh, uh, because I went on to comiXology and the actual book is $75.
0: Are you serious?
1: Well, it's 55 for the paperback. All the comic books, one through four, 75. What? Yeah, I'm not kidding, dude. If you look on Amazon, that's what it is. Highway that, robbery, I tell you.
0: Uh, that is different. So Topps Comics, and I do remember some of the Jurassic Park, like, Topps Comics that were coming out back in the, like, the 90s. So there's Jurassic Park 0 through 4, which is the adaptation of the film. Jurassic Park mm-hmm. Raptor 1 through 2, which was written by Steve Engelhart in 93. Steve Engelhart apparently likes Raptors because he re- he writes Raptors attack 1 through 4 in 94. And then Raptors hijack in July through October of 94. The Jurassic Park annual 95 and then return to Jurassic Park one through nine between April ninety five to February of ninety-six. So this is in between the first film and the second film. And then we have Lost World Jurassic Park one through four, which is an adaptation of the second film. So it's top stops at that point, and IDW <coughs> picks up. Right. The ice, okay. So IDW has three Jurassic Parks here listed on the wiki, one of which came out in 2010 called Jurassic Park Redemption. And then it doesn't give me a plot. It just says five issue series. OK, so whatever. And then Devils in the Desert comes out 2011, uh, January to April. And then another series starts in 2011 in September called Jurassic Park Dangerous Games. It does not have the uh, does not have the plot. So but, you know, it's obviously a, a license that a lot of people apparently like to try to write for at least. Dude, there's so many dinosaurs and it's such. an oh it's gosh. a. I think that was the great concept that everybody loved to think about when they watched the Jurassic park film was humans now interacting with uh, an extinct species. That was just freaking humongous. It's like an action. We all talk about Kaiju. I mean, these were Kaiju that actually existed. You know, these things were huge. We have skeletal records of massive beasts. So to watch them, you know, come about in, in real time, or I should say in, in our time, is just, you know, that's the hook. That's the whole thing. Uh, a lot of grist for the mill there. But as to whether, you know, you can write a good story about it. John Byrne gave it a shot. John Byrne is a celebrated writer. My goodness, this guy has wrote, He's written. I mean, of all the ones, Steve Englehart, I recognize Walt Simonson. Wait a second. Let me go back to that. What? Walt Simonson. Oh, uh, well, that he did the Jurassic Park Zero Through Four, adapted oh, okay. by Walter Simonson, sense. penciled by Gil Kane. So interesting. But yeah, John Byrne. This is the Johnny Byrne that we're talking about here. This is the one, this is the guy who, co-creator of Kitty Shadow Cat, Emma Frost, Sabretooth, Shadow King, Scott Lang, Bishop, Omega Red, and Rachel Summers, as well as the Canadian superhero team, Alpha Flight. Get Chris oh, Bailey on the phone. He loves Alpha Flight.
1: Chris Bailey.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Get in here and talk some Alpha Flight with us.
0: Yeah. Ronnie Adams, thanks for coming on here and uh, sitting through. Of course, through this my weekend. man. You going to go watch a new movie in the yeah, theaters? Are yeah, you yeah. going to wait, or what's going on?
1: i don't know at this point man i i love seeing movies in theaters okay so firestarter is streaming on paramount yes. as well as being out in the theater that's a movie i'm going to stream but uh you know it depends on the movie and i'd say that but you know i'm not spending 20 bucks you know going out to see firestarter when i know it's probably not going to be great right uh no offense to them this is also one of those movies you probably have to see on the big screen because of the special effects. So this one I'll probably see on the big screen.
0: Yeah, yeah. This is,
1: Believe it or not, I could do without Maverick. Really? I could watch that at home and be
0: happy. You know me. It takes a lot less for you to get out and go watch a movie than it would probably be for me. It's, <laughs> All right. If I wanted to go out, we watched we watched Multiverse of Madness. I oh, loved it. Yep. Had a good time. Took both my boys. It was tough to get through with the kids, especially Colton, because he was like, Dad, how long's the movie got left? I was like, well, you got about an hour and a half left. Half hour later, Dad, how long's the movie got left? I'm like, bro, I I brought you here to watch this. He's like, can I go run around? And Because we had nobody in the theater. I'm like, man... I, he wanted to come along, but it's like, he didn't want to watch the movie. I'm like, right, I, right, I mean, right. he, I understand hanging out with your dad, but you come, come yeah. to watch a movie, man, watch a movie. So yeah, I don't think I, I definitely probably wouldn't go see Maverick Jurassic Park though. Yeah. You make it a good case, man. This is something that it, it's going to feel larger than life. We've got yeah. just like you said, the original cast, a lot of the original cast is coming back for this thing. And this is the, most likely going to be one of the, I mean, they'll probably figure out a way to bleed another trilogy. Maybe one
1: yet. or two. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but I don't know if you're going to get the whole cast coming back for something like this. Everybody's getting up there in age. It looks like he said, first cast, they were probably twenties. And I mean, they're <sighs> Sam in their gotta 30s. Be, Yeah, Sam neil has got to be in his, let's see, Sam Neal. <laughs> I think he's, I think he's pushing 70. Sam Neal, New Zealand actor is 74. There you go. Unbelievable.
1: I mean, but you got guys like freaking okay. Chuck Norris is now 83.
0: Are you kidding me? 82.
1: Uh, He's 82 years old. Yeah, because it's 2022. (sighs) Uh, He's yeah. He's 82 years old. Still, you know, doing what he does. Then you've got uh, Harrison Ford, who is 79,
0: I believe. Oh, man. We're going to start really too close. Uh, It is going to be a wave of massive depression. (laughs) That's (laughs) true. Because all all of our Hollywood heroes are going to be going pretty quickly here soon. Well, you got these guys, though, that defied how old they were. Um, Right.
1: You had no clue that Harrison Ford, you know, he was born in 1942. So he's 80. He'll be 80 this year no one knew that he was in his 40s when he did star wars everybody thought he was like in his 20s mm. maybe 30s mm-hmm. so he was he was he was um That's yeah, not I real. Guess, yeah i guess he was in his 40s then yeah uh because it was 1977 when it came out right it's 80 now so yeah he's, yeah you know it was late, be, late 30s probably late 30s yeah yeah he was 35 years old when he did star wars so and that was 1977. And just getting started in Hollywood. Unreal. So as time rolls on, you know, everybody thinks, oh man, this is this is new kid, Harrison Ford, this new guy, Harrison Ford. You know, he's young. He's 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 young, he's hot, he's hip, you know, he's, he's an action star, he's a good actor, da da. It da, da. comes, turns around, like he starts getting a little curmudgeny on you. And you're like, Well, Bubby, he's 75 <laughs> years old. And you're like, What what do you mean he's 75?
0: You know, <laughs> right, dude.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, he's 75, man just like Harry, like like just Sean Connery was 90
0: you know he was, he was 40 in Blade Runner 40 years old
1: in Blade Runner yeah
0: i mean i don't, depending it. on when they depending on when they shot it but let's just say he was 40 when they released Blade Runner yeah so
1: he's going to do another Indy. Indiana Jones he says oh. but hopefully he just does like a passing of the torch thing but
0: he's going to play the Sean Connery i hope um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, I love the guy. He's one of my favorite actors, and Indiana Jones is one of my favorite characters.
0: Enough's enough, Bud. You've you've earned your rest. You have earned your rest. Yeah, I guess no. when we know that's right. Well, all right, we've done it. We talked about Jurassic Park, The Devils in the Desert, Ronnie Adams. Uh-huh. Let's go ahead. <laughs> go talked ahead. Talked about that and
1: how old people are, and
0: we want to leave it on a real high note here. Harrison um,
1: Ford's gonna die. No. <laughs>
0: Why don't you go ahead and drop some people some knowledge on where they can oh. f- watch you? I know you do some streaming every once in a while. Well, you did. I
1: haven't streamed in a while, but I do. I, I want to get started again. Okay, here's the deal. I have a Twitch channel. It's called uh, Misfits and Miscreants. We play a biweekly uh, D- Dungeons and Dragons game on there. It's about four hours a session, so don't let that scare you. It's it's a lot of fun. It's a, lot, it's a good watch. Working on audio issues, but you know. We're playing Rhyme of the and I've got a good crew uh, of people that, that, that are players, you know. We're going to start picking up some other TTP RPG content uh, as well. Uh, some, you know, one shots and Call of Cthulhu game, things like that. I also, when you don't, the stuff like that's on there, you can watch my big dumb head play some video games sometimes. (laughs) But uh, I'm starting to do some, like maybe some talk shows or just talking shows where, you know, you can ask questions about certain games or whatever you want. And then it's going to be, it's going to be really cool. So we're going to turn into like a tabletop role-playing game, primarily that channel, maybe some board games and card games, some Magic the Gathering every once in a while. So that's where you can find me. Instagram, we're real active on Instagram, Facebook. We're on Twitter, even though it's a cesspool of humanity. Uh, so it's all Misfits and Miscreants. So if you look that up, you should be able to find us.
0: Okay. Very say good. say us, but it's it's me. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> me <laughs> well, and
1: my players, you know. Yeah.
0: You get hanging out with some buddies.
1: <laughs> yeah. My DM for them and their life is in my hands.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah. for As for myself right here on the source material comics feed, you know. Yes. I Look, all you've got to do is just uh, subscribe, and you can hear all sorts of fun discussions. You know, we just talked about this. This is airing, uh, you know, like I said, sometime before the Jurassic Parks, uh, Jurassic Park movie releases. Uh, make that Jurassic World Dominion. Um, anyway, in the archive, you should be able to find uh, myself, Evan Bevins, and Chris Armstrong talking the. I want to say it was a six-issue. Epic called Heart of the Hawk that occurred in the Dark Hawk series. Oh. That's on an Unspoken Issues episode. I think that happened prior to this episode airing. We also have Tripped Up Trivia Sci Fi that released at the end of May. Uh, so if you want to test your intelligence, see how well you could do battling four other contestants there. We have a podcast trivia podcast that you can check out it's a lot of fun we had we had some pretty good players on there it's a lot it was a good time i every once in a while I'm, i'm starting to do these solo podcasts where i read a comic you get to hear the stream of consciousness experience of me reading this comic through the power of editing. You know, you don't get to hear the big gaps of silence of me processing all these words. I right. take all, take all that out. So what ends up being an hour recording of me reading an episode and talking about it after you take all the silence out, it's probably about 15, 20 minutes. But, uh, anyway, I read mad balls. Number no. one from 1983. Good gracious, sir. Star comics, buddy. You remember star comics? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Mad Balls, number one, it was the first in a three issue limited series, and it ended up going to 10 issues. But I mean, listen, if you like puns, dear Lord.
1: Oh, my gosh. I remember. I I think I actually had that issue.
0: The way that they did the uh, issue is the first issue is kind of like the origin of the Mad Balls. Okay. And I bet you didn't even know they had an origin. I don't know if you did or not, but basically it was six, maybe eight bouncy balls that fell off of a toy uh, tr- truck and they went into a vat of nuclear waste. I had and the out- first issue. Okay. You remember. Well, the second part of that issue, I don't know if you remember the second part of this issue, but some kids get lost in a cornfield and get abducted by stocks of corn and are- What do you think I don't go into cornfields to this day? <laughs> <laughs> they are, they are, they are summarily tortured with a, a king corn or something like that. But he, the whole, his whole shtick was like he would torture you with corny jokes. Ugh. Yeah, that's right, sir. Corny jokes.
1: Uh Even and of as course, kid, I watched this one. <laughs> with. No. I don't, I don't. think I like this, sir. I don't. Uh
0: yeah. You should hear me exasperatingly sigh throughout the whole episode. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, oh no. But anyway, uh, and then prior to that, uh, you Unspoken Issues uh, hit you with Extreme Justice Number Zero. That's right. Me and me and Chris Armstrong sat down and talked about a poll winner from the uh, Unspoken Issues podcast Facebook page, where yeah, people voted for Extreme Justice Number Zero, and we talked about that issue. So, upcoming on the uh, Source material comics podcast feed you should be able to find me evan Bevins, possibly chris armstrong again i think it's just me and evan uh talking the new fantastic four do you remember when the hulk and uh wolverine i think it was and ghost rider yeah
1: dude i love that
0: yeah we're doing all three of those issues from fantastic four so anyway that's it
1: i also thought like man this one day this is gonna be worth a lot of money
0: (laughs) Uh (laughs) what uh, I guess we're done, And we, We've done, uh, it was Devils in the Desert and in the Pale Moonlight and all that stuff. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's Ronnie Adams. I'm Jesse Starcher. We'll talk to you soon. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Thank you all for joining us. Make sure to give that Rattelich in Broadcasting Facebook page a like to stay up on top of all the great podcasts we have to offer. We are at home on Spreaker, but you can also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and recently we have hit the air on Spotify. Find your favorite podcast platform and type in R-A-D-U-L-I-C-H to subscribe for some great content. If you enjoyed this show, please feel free to share and spread the word. And as always, we appreciate any feedback and look forward to entertaining you again soon.